tonight's episode of From the Streets to the Pulpit. I am your host, number one, and soon we'll be joined by our panel. Tonight, we're going to talk about what stronghold does your insecurities have on you. Everyone has insecurities. Insecurities are feelings of uncertainty, a lack of confidence or anxiety about yourself. We all have them, whether it's speech, body image, or what have you. Media and social media usually don't help much with this. As we mentioned, those outlets just feed the underlying issues, for lack of better words, that the individuals already have. Well, let's get right to it. Good evening. Good evening. What strongholds could your insecurities have on you? I don't even know where to start. I mean, um, that's 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 a deep topic there. I, I need to ponder on that for a second here to see. Um, I have, I had insecurities about motherhood because. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing that I ever wanted to be is a mother like the one that I had. Um, and so I overcompensate in some areas because um, I try so, you know, it's, it's almost like I try so hard not to fail. Um in those areas that I was failed in, you know, like, um, for instance, if, if I say that I'm going to do something or, you know, if I say that, you know, one of the children can have something, um, then I, I make sure I stand by that, you know. Um, I make, like, ice cream. Um, and it's funny because something as simple as ice cream, you know, like that, there may have been times that I was told, you know, that, that I could have ice cream and then, you know, she never showed up, you know, to, to bring the ice cream or whatever. So um, the the insecurities from, and those insecurities from my childhood that basically followed me to where I am. Am I, am I on the lines of what you want to discuss? <laughs> of course. Um, which could lead to a generational curse from the from the sounds of it, um, which is more frightening than initial. I can't hear you. Okay. Which leads to a generational curse if we're not careful. Did you catch, did you catch that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I think it's because when we when things happen to us, we again, like you said, you overcompensate and you tend to overcorrect, right? So instead of it being um, you don't show up, you you always there and almost smothering, but then once it brought to your attention, you pull all the way back. 
right? So it's not like you you're just adjusting. It's either you know we're gonna overfill the cup or we're the cup is just gonna stay empty, which is unhealthy, especially when dealing with children. Are you, are you saying that I do that, or are you asking? No, no, I'm just speaking in general. Oh, okay. Um, I, I can understand. For me, um, I can understand where you're coming from, but but for me, it's um, it's not that. Like, I don't I don't have the issue to where I've I pull all the way back from mine. Um, does that happen? Yes, I'm sure it does. But for me, um, that is, is what was done to me. You know, the, the promises that, that I never got the, you know, places that I told that, you know, that I was told I was going to be able to go. Um, I never, I never went. Um, and then it was, even if, Okay, even if, you know, for instance, I never forget, I, I, I asked for a pair of sandals. She didn't ask me if I wanted a pair of sandals, and I said yes. And we didn't go into specifics about the, the type of sandals. Um, I knew that I, I liked a certain type of shoe. She didn't. She showed up um, to visit at, at my grandma's house, and she had the sandals. Well, the sandals that she had, I didn't like. They were open toe sandals. So... You know, even though she delivered on this particular promise, it when my reaction, um, I guess, came across as ungrateful, um, then yeah, she did pull all the way, all the way back. It was, you know, it was, it seemed like you know all in because I, I've met and kept my promise, and and now that you don't like it, there's no. Negotiation, you know, I'm not going to take these back and get you what you like. It's just where you're not going to get anything. Um, so, yes, that does happen for me personally. It doesn't because I know what that feels like. It's, that's worse than, you know, failed or, you know, promise never kept. Oh, that's very, that's very fair. Very fair, because uh, one of one of the issues, and this is and this is from my experience, we're not communicating exactly what we want, right? We automatically we know they they know what we want and and don't like and all that good stuff, but we don't communicate it. So it could be one of those things where I'm just going to you know, get her these shoes or I'm going to get her these shoes to kind of force her to like them or to wear them or whatever, because this is what I want for her, which is also unfair. Mm-hmm. Which again, you could either get to the point where you overcorrect and just take anything and just because someone give it to you, which is what I end up doing although I never use it, you know, in the in the Latin slash black community, you don't ever want to seem ungrateful, so you just take it. Right. But and, and then unfortunately as a child 
I didn't know that I was ungrateful. Like, I had no idea because, yeah, I, I was raised by my grandma, you know, and, and yeah, you know, she 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 may have gotten some help from, you know, my mom, it, it, rarely, but, um, you know, the, she would get, you know, the, the child support that my dad would pay, then, you know, she would take it and allocate it accordingly, but truth be told, I was grateful for every little thing that I got, simply because I know, I know what we didn't have. So, from from me as a child, um, I guess you know, like I was, I didn't know that saying that I didn't like a particular kind of shoe was ungrateful. I thought I was allowed to have things that I liked and did not like. That's um, also fair. <laughs> yeah, so so that was that was new for me. When I was, I have a similar story. When I was young, you know, like I've uh, I've said numerous times, you know, my mom was on drugs and she asked me what I wanted for an occasion. I told her, and I just said, you know. This essentially a Walkman, not the official Walkman, but it was a cassette, portable cassette player for those that don't know. And the one I always had was a was a GTX or a GPX. It had the three band equalizer on there. No radio. All it played was was cassettes. And I broke mine, and I was upset. So she comes back with this. Sony black and pink. This thing looked like a a brick, and I was like, I don't want that. But at that age, it was just I just knew what I wanted and didn't want, kind of like yourself. Exactly. Mhm. Mhm. I didn't, you know, take into consideration like the 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 effort or the attempt should count for something, and. I don't even, I don't know what ever happened to it. Like, I never used it. I never grabbed it or touched it after that. Right. So, I don't recall since then her ever giving me anything else. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, shoot, truth be told, me either. Um, but again, you know, like how are we supposed to know? You know, like, like even even with our kids now, you think about it. You know, we teach them to vocalize their, I guess, their emotions, their expressions, their thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. obviously appropriately, but. You know, um, so if, like, you know, if they say, well, you know, I can, it's, it's nothing for me to make something, you know, try a new recipe for dinner, and, you know, they'll say, well, I don't like it. Okay, so does that mean I don't feed them? You know, like, it's... But, but that's different. Your Your, your creativity... Is is what you know, and then when you, when they say they don't like it, your question of what don't you like about it? Is it too, too salty? Is it too sweet? Is it too spicy? Is it too 
You know what I mean? So you know how to adjust. But once you go and someone tries to impart their own taste on you, they almost feel insulted because you don't have the same taste as them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I wanted some Reeboks. And, like, you know, Reeboks back in those days were, were one of the hot ones. And my grandmother bought me the Reeboks. You know, she raised me. Thank God for it. And they were black and pink. What the hell is with black and pink? But anyhow, uh, she didn't know they were Reeboks. I didn't know. I just thought it was a, a new color wave. You know what I mean? And they looked like the, the Reeboks that Richard Simmons would wear, right? <laughs> like with the two straps and and all this. And so I had my cousin lace them up, and he had the checkerboard join. And I'm like, it's going to be hot. And he was like, I'm like, oh, like, I'm going to kill him. And he was like, oh, these for you? I'm like, yeah. He was like, these girl shoes. I'm like, no. He was like, yeah. So I'm like, how am I going to tell her this? Because she's the type, you know, about the ungrateful and the whole nine. So I was like, I said, Ma, these, uh, those shoes you just bought are girl shoes. She's like, no, BS, they come out of the... And so my cousin came around the corner and was like, nah, Auntie, they girl shoes. How the hell they gave me girl shoes? And I told them, you know, now it's like it's validated by someone else. I'm telling you that they're girl shoes. That's not good enough. But because you wanted me to wear them because they were given to you as shoes for boys, you know what I mean? That's, that's mm-hmm. what you're going by. But I'm telling you they're girl shoes. That doesn't matter. But somebody else come and tell you, their girl shoes, it's like, oh, well, let me go change these real quick. Mm-hmm. That's what my insecurity came in at. So I stopped Okay, telling and you, what made you, what was your insecurity as a result of that? Like, I, I would stop saying anything. Don't ask me no advice. I ain't so you, you wouldn't bring anything to their attention? Nope. I, okay. I, of course, I, I would have did my own thing. But I ain't bringing nothing else to your attention. Even to this day, if some if you ask me a medical question, I tell you, that's not good enough. You'll go get advice from the neighbor. Same thing I said I told you. Now it makes sense because he said it. Well, they can tell you something totally wrong. This is what I do, and so it's like, don't ask me. I don't know. Uh huh. Just leave it at that. Okay, I mean, I I can see that. Um, so, how do you think that would turn? I mean, do you think that that has or could or would turn into a generational curse? You know, where you know um, you I don't know. The key is effective communication. Communication is bi-directional. You know, one listen, one speak, and vice versa. You listen for understanding and comprehension. You don't listen to hear. You don't listen just to respond, but you're actually processing what you're taking in. I don't believe that's prominent in our 
for parents, especially from, quote, unquote, their kids. Mm-hmm. You go home and you say this, school closed, they go turn on the news to see if it's on the news. I'm telling you what the teacher told me. Well, yeah, that's because they think you trying to, you know, you trying to pull an okie doke on them. Like, but I have never tried to pull an okie. Hell, I'd rather go to school than be at home. You know what I mean? So I hear you. Once, once you start doing those things, then it's like uh, how we got here. Then you fall back mm-hmm. and realize that it's not your issue. We oftentimes try to make someone else's issue ours. Mm-hmm. Same thing with, with imaging and the things that's on social media. they trying to make somebody else's idea of a nice body yours. You was perfectly mm-hmm. happy with your body until you started saying on social media and they told you it was too skinny. Right, right. You was perfectly fine with the little escort that you driving to and from school until you see social media and they tell you got to get a BMW. So that's, that's where it comes from. We have to realize that and be comfortable with us. The process that God has us going through is for us. If he wanted you to jump off the porch into a BMW, it would have been now. If you do that now, you probably don't appreciate the process. You follow me? So the generational curse could come about when we stop communicating with our kids. We just take on the same attitude and mindset of our foreparents, and it goes into our kids. Don't believe anything mm-hmm. they say. Now, the overcorrection is believe everything they say over every adult. Right. And, 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 and you, you're right. And I, but I, I, I think for us personally, um, you know, like for, for me personally, it's, you know, that's where I lean on my spirit of discernment, you know, mm-hmm. um, one, just knowing our children and, and knowing that um, if, if we've been effective taking the approach of, of being honest, you know, no matter, no matter what, um, and so we've been encouraging them to be honest with us and each other. And so, you know, when it comes to a situation where we, we have to, to compare, you know, what our children said against what an adult said, then then because of the type of relationship and um, that we've built, we, we know when our child is lying. Well, um, the unfortunate remember, part is, is that I, I know that that doesn't happen in every household. No, it doesn't. But remember, we it depends. You got to understand your 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 kids, and you got to understand how literal they may be. Right? Kid come in and say, "My lady up the street yelled at me." You go raise hell. You want to jump on the lady? And the only thing she said was, I was yelling at him because the car was coming, and I was telling him to get out the road or mm-hmm. watch out for the car. The kid didn't come and tell you that. He just said the lady yelled at you. So you want to go jump on the lady for that. So mm-hmm. that's where the overcorrection would come from. Mm-hmm. 
and that's when it could be detrimental, which it seems truthfully like the direction our society is going, that's, that's where it is. That's why now you don't have people getting involved and trying to save other people's kids. Because if I do, now I got to deal with the ratchetness. Right. And then, and then it's about, you know, like I, I'm a question asker. Um, because of the way I function and, and my need to understand completely what's happening so that I can make, you know, so I can make the best decision, I, I ask millions and millions of questions, you know. Um, and, again, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people don't do that, but it's just for me because I'm trying. There are certain things that I need to figure out. There's certain things that I need to make sure that I understand. Why? Because I do know how I am, especially when it comes to our kids. You know, like, I don't play games. And if they come home with a complaint on a teacher or another adult, then before I let myself, you know, loose, then I'm going to make sure that all the details, um, that I understand all the details of, of what happened. You know, mm-hmm. just like, you know, like we, we've had plenty of situations with, with teachers um, in, in the school and, you know, with, with our teenager. And it, you know, it's 21 questions, you know, trying to make sure, okay, you know, and, and it's honestly, it's more so for them to see if their perception is, is actually the reality of it. So it may be, it may be the same question asked three different times with three different answers that mean exactly the same thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I'm covering my bases because I know that if I gotta, if I gotta, if, if I gotta, if I gotta call you and and tell you that I'm going to the school, then you already know what kind of mood I'm in. You know, and before I do that, I want to make sure that I'm. I guess I'm not like not justified, but that that I'm that I'm right in my approach. Right. Absolutely. Let's take this opportunity to introduce our brother to the line, uh brother Jay. Good evening. Hey, good evening everybody. Good evening. What strongholds could your insecurities have on you? One of them that we just mentioned was the, gener- the generational curse, uh, over-direction, over lack of communication, all those good things. Yeah, this one's deep, man. I don't know, I don't know where to jump in first. You know, um, personal experience or what have you. Um, you, know, you really started drawing me just talking about today's society and Imaging, you know, and man, that, that's just so true. You, you look at the world is so bright right now to people, right? Um, much brighter than it used to be, and that it's technology or whatever. But it's also the world and, and the darkness in the world trying to draw people, and, and we make things. This social media can be so dangerous and, and pull our folks, our, our, our children in, and our young adults in, and even our adults get caught up in because the world is moving so fast right now. Um, the, the personal experience, you know, I grew up in a, it was a decent life growing up, I guess. 
But my goal coming up as an adult when I had kids is always, and I think we all had the same goal at some point, is I wanted my kids to be better off than I was. Mm. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, sometimes we can overdo it. If that makes sense. We can overdo it, trying to make sure they have more than what we have. We can overdo it and create opportunities where we might change them where they they start becoming expectant of these extras. Entitled or benefit. They make things uh, worse. Entitled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And, and, excuse me, we have had this conversation time and time again, you know, uh, and it came to me in, in conversation with Miss Quick that it's not his fault, <clears throat> being my teenager, it's not his fault to have his mindset. And we shouldn't hate on him for such because he is only the benefactor of what we afforded him. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And that's where, but the foundation still has to be true. You know, you may live in a mansion, but we still going to treat you and treat it as though we still in the shack where we grew up at, if that makes sense. (laughs) So we go keep it clean Mm -hmm. because we kept that shack clean as though it was a mansion. And that's the same that's the same concept. So bro, you are absolutely right. We do. We do. We beg, we hustle, we do everything we can, practically killing ourselves to make sure they have a better life than we had. Then when you think about it, the foundation that we had is more monumental and more valuable than the tangible things that we have which is what we don't have or we've gotten away from as a society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Oh, totally. Totally. You know, I look at, you know, the things that I did have, these uh, material things, right? That's where we start. We overcompensate on those material things, and we, and we probably uh, – and we don't go hard on, on those foundational, that foundational knowledge, Um you know, mom's was always in me, right? She was in every book, every piece of homework, looking at every little thing I had going on. Bothered me to a point, right, to where I don't always do that with mine. But I'm going in. I'm working as hard as I can to be as successful as I can to provide the material things that I didn't have coming up. Mm. Almost a double so for you thing. or for him? Or the or, I'm sorry, or your children? Excuse me. Is it for you or for them? Yeah, for the kids. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, you look at that thing two different ways. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's all. I mean, sure. that's, you, I mean, we going hard to, to prove that we can do it, or we going hard because you deserve it, or we going hard because I'm gonna show y'all that you know I ain't gonna, y'all ain't gonna be like me. Which all of them yeah. are fair now. Made no mistake, all of them are fair. I had a paid road growing up. 
I want my son, I don't want him to have to go back to a dirt road. I want him to build sidewalks and, and streetlights on the paved road. I want him to improve so we set standards. I've never had been without lights or uh, phone or food or what have you. And my son isn't going to know what that's like For that, mm. because I didn't. You know what I mean? So that's the standard that was set. And I do get upset with it because I'm like, damn, at least we can take the trash out. You know what I mean? You got everything. Yeah. But at least you can do this without us having to ask. And and then he'll say, well, Dad, I don't think like you do. And that toast my goal. But, mm. but that's, that's the part of teaching. As a parent, that's what we do, teach. Our foreparents didn't teach us. They just gave us directives. We didn't know why we was doing it. We just doing it because they said do it. Mm-hmm. Bro, yeah. <laughs> we gotta yeah. yeah. got, got, got have like, conversations now. It is. Yeah. Just like, you know, we, we grew up, you know, you y'all were talking about the 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 meals earlier. So we grew up uh you know, this is what's for dinner. You're gonna eat all of it. Mhm. And there was times mm-hmm. where I couldn't mm-hmm. get up until I ate it all. That's right. Mhm. You know, I see, you know, I talk to folks nowadays, you know, outside of the family about, you know, how blessed we are, you know. At times we're blessed to the point where the, the four of us in the house may have four different meals. We may have four different things for breakfast. But is that really, is that really a blessing? Oh, you know, y'all rich. That's what we used to say we grew up for. Y'all well, rich. Man, you like or is it a problem, mm-hmm. right? Because when you know, growing up, when we did have that meal and you sat there until you finished it all, we were all sitting at the table together. Mm. So, is it a blessing to be able to choose what you eat, or is it a problem? Because when you do choose it, you also choose in the time that you eat, and now you're sitting at the table by Ooh. yourself. Oh, yeah, and I think Ooh. you know, as that's where society is. Not in every household, for sure. But as we overcompensate and provide these luxuries is what we would have saw it in our younger days. Like you said, man, y'all rich. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Far from mm-hmm. we, we all we all broke just a different level. Um, just a different level. Yeah, we overcompensated, thinking it's we we're doing right, we're doing good, but. There's probably a point in there where we're we're doing too much. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. You know, we didn't we ate one meal. Well, not one meal, but we my grandmother only cooked one. You either eat what I cook or you don't eat. Right. But we never we didn't eat together. It was very rarely we all sat at the table and ate together. Sunday it was it was attempted, but for the most part. Uh, that was, you know, everybody ate at a different time. So I do understand what you're, what you're saying. Now, oh, listen, Sunday we sitting at the table, no devices, no phones, no nothing. You know, every chance we get, we're sitting down having a conversation and we're talking, you know, about the day, about life, about whatever. The strangest thing happened the other day. We was eating chicken. 
of course, you know, everybody loves chicken. And my son yes, was like, oh, this is too big. This is too big of a piece of chicken. And Miss Quick was like, oh, well, I didn't get a chance to cut it up. And and I'm sitting over here, like, like in shock because, you know, he's about to throw this, like, half a chicken away. Well, less what he <laughs> ate. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm like, man, we would have ate off that for, like, three days. And then we would have soaked the, the, the bone just to get the flavor out in the gravy. But that's not what we're at anymore. Mm. Those were the days. Yeah. But the whole thing about it that I took from that was, as long as you sit here at the table and we all can sit here and have a conversation, the tangible, you can throw that away. But just sitting here having a conversation, that's what you will relish most. So it's a sacrifice. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. We have. I'm sorry, Miss Quick. What's your What's your thoughts and what's your input on that? No, no, I'm just agreeing. You You are right. It's It's a sacrifice, and it's and it's the choices that we make. You know, like for me growing up, um, you know, we we ate at the table, and even you know when my grandpa was alive, even if he was was at work. You know, by the time he got home, my grandma was back at the table for a second round. It wasn't like she was eating, but no one sat at the table by themselves. You know, she was she was always there. Who, whoever she's eating, she's sitting right there. Um, and that's just what I was used to. So that's, that's what mm-hmm. we do in our household. And then there are things that that I I grew up doing that I didn't like. Like, I'm not a big leftover fan. So, so. For me, you know, I try to I try to cook a meal where I can have the exact servings and maybe do like one day of leftovers because I know in three days I'm cleaning the refrigerator. That's just that's just Ouch. me because that's just me. You know, my husband be he's saying what what happened to the you threw that away and so I'm trying to get better with 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 not discarding certain things, but that's just you know that's just something that I I didn't want to do. I don't want to eat leftovers. I ate leftovers my entire life. Um, but so those things that I'm not going to say haunt, but that, you know, I try to improve upon in our household versus where I grew up. Mm. Now I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you this. It's a lot that we, we did and didn't do as kids that you want it so bad, you yearn for it, if you will, that you implement it in your family, your current family, your immediate family. Like when I was young, everybody just went to bed. It was like a, you know, all right, well, I'm going to turn in for the night, and it's like, all right, good night, and that's what it was, right? Different times, different places, all that good stuff. Now, every night, we all muster in a room, and we pray together before we go to sleep. You may not go to sleep right now, but since the first one's going to sleep, the first wave going to sleep, we all going to be right here to pray. Same thing with the meal. We all sit at the table together. We all bless the food, and then we take part. We didn't do that growing up. So we, we oftentimes, sometimes, over the, overcorrecting 
Well, overcorrecting is bad, but when you pick something out and you implement it, since it wasn't there, it's not considered overcorrecting. It's just implementing, right? Mm-hmm. So some mm-hmm. things that we implement that we didn't have in our youth to better our immediate family is not a bad thing. I mean, I got all my lessons off the Kaiser show because that's, that's the only examples I really had. Wow! Come on, bros, in impoverished community, bro. This is all. Hey, hey. No, I'm like, I'm like relating. Hey, I'm relating, man. I'm like, wow, something else. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Clip with my god, daddy, bro. Straight up. Straight up. But we forget that part. So when we we gotta Mm -hmm. take the time and communicate with our kids. That's if we don't, if we continue not communicating, it's the same thing that our foreparents have, and we are establishing generational curse. That's gonna be a stronghold because when they get older, they don't understand elements. They don't understand how we got here, so they're not gonna essentially ride with you through and to the point where you need your medicine every day. Because they don't understand. They're not invested. So we got to mm-hmm. get invested by, through conversation, through teaching. Mm-hmm. Can we agree? Yeah, of course. And another thing, bro, Miss Quick to verify, I wasn't raised in the church. But I made sure when Miss Quick go on, the kids right there earshot. Hmm. Because I know the impact that it could have had. And I know the impact that it have now. So if we can get them to start then, not living in the church, not in church seven days a week, you know, 28 services a week. But... <laughs> But a healthy dose and give them an opportunity to go and apply what they've learned. Because you can over yeah. you can overdo that as well. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Just, I'm with you, man. <laughs> you know, I didn't I didn't grow up in the church either. I mean I started early early age but you know, it got to a point where you know, I, I think it just got where, like, I was allowed not to go if I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. And that not wanting to was for many, many, wrong, many, many, many years. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I do. When I look back now, where I'm at in life now, I thank God now that, you know, um, prior to me coming to Christ, uh, my kids were in church. And they have been in church um, through the godparents. You know, the godparents was taken in the church every Sunday uh, when I was working every Sunday. And uh, you know, I, man, I thank God for that. that they had that influence because they weren't getting it from me, right? Mm-hmm. They weren't seeing anything biblical in my house. Um, so I thank God for for the godparents for taking them. And I just I pray that. My transition 
pray that I'm able to make a difference now where I wasn't making a difference before and teaching them about God, right? I thank God that they were in church. That's good. That's probably what pulled you in. And that's exactly what pulled me in. <laughs> exactly what pulled you in, for sure. Yeah, we thank God for it. Yeah, I mean, that's true. It's, it's, it, I mean, that's was the starting phone call. My my pastor, my mentor, the starting phone call. He literally reached out through his daughter. I get a text. My daddy wants you to call, and I'm like, man, what does he want? What does he want with me? And I called right. him up, and he's like, man, I just want to share. He's like, I use everybody that's willing to be used in the church, including the youth. Your son got mm-hmm. up and read scripture today in front of the church. And it really touched me, and I wanted you to know. I was like, wow. All right, cool, man. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for calling. Let me know, man. That's 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 good. And then he just went on to the normal. Hey, you know, I know you work schedule, whatever. But if you ever get a free a free Sunday, man, come down here and worship with us. And that was the end of the call. You know, I was like, yeah, cool, whatever. You know, I'll do that. And then really started setting in. Like, why didn't I see that? Why does my <laughs> son read scripture in church and I'm not there? You know, why is somebody else calling me to tell me about my son doing something in church? Why am I not there? Right. And uh, life started changing at that point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Miss Quick, she's on the line, and, and she can grab her. I'm not going to talk about it like she's not here. Uh, <laughs> she she did it for me. Like, when I was 14 and, and got saved, it was like, okay, similar to you, my grandmother, my grandparents didn't go to church. My mother, my grandmother went to church like funerals. Like, you know, me and my granddaddy ran a joke was, you know, she go to more funerals than the dead people. And <laughs> when we got older, you know, my aunt was, my uncle was a pastor and my aunt was first lady and all that good stuff. I would go to them. But as I got of age where I could not go if I didn't want to go, I didn't go. Until a guy came around and was and recruited me and my partner to play basketball. It was a church league. Well, you got to go to church to be part of the league. Oh, Lord. Never missed a Sunday. <laughs> never missed a Sunday. As long as the season was going on, never missed a Sunday. But then, of course, it became normal, right? And mm-hmm. that's, that's what we did. Now, as I became a older, oh, fell off, all the way up until Miss Quick got together. And it was a conversation where she knew I worked on Sundays. She said she was going good. Pray for me. Put the ties in, all good. No, no complaints, no, no nothing. But every chance that I wasn't working, and they went, which was usually the New Year's, I was there. I was like, dang, this isn't so bad. Oh. Then we went down to pastor, uh, the pastor church, and 
you know, this isn't so bad. But I still had an issue. My issue, my issue was with the pastors, the preachers, and the church folk. Mm-hmm. Because of their impression of me. But once I realized that that's their issue and not mine, and not to make it mine, All right. you know, I can care less. I'm not, I'm not living for y'all. I live for God. It may not look like it. I may not talk like it. Hell, I might not even smell like it sometimes. But I promise you, it's for him. Mm. Then that's when it clicked for me. And that's what brings us to today. Uh, and Miss Quick on the line, you know, if I'm wrong, please correct me. At whatever point I'm wrong. Uh, no, I think you summed it up pretty, pretty, pretty good. And and um, I mean, <laughs> you know, quite, quite honestly, is you know, it's, I think it's, it's all in God's time. But you know, um, just because I understood. Just because you didn't physically go with me to church didn't mean that your faith was any any less, you know. Like I mm-hmm. understood and I I was confident and knew, you know, that you you knew Christ and you had a relationship. Um, I also I knew your history with with church folk as well, and and I knew that was what turned you off. I mean, truth be told, that's. That's probably what turns, you know, everybody off. Um, yes. But, you know, again, I think that, you know, everything happens in, in God's due time. And, you know, now you are um, obviously under under the right leadership so that you can grow even more. So. Yes. Wow. And I do think Pastor Ford, uh, and, and and brother, let me tell you something. From the gate, I told him that I didn't trust preachers and pastors, and that was like that was our first conversation. So it was more me calling you pastor out of like a, a name versus a title, and that's what it is today. But I told him as a man, man to man, we can have a conversation. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about, man to man. And to this day, that's what we still hold true to. But I do respect him, his position. Yeah. You know, and it's it's unfortunate, you know, that you know that you went through that. Because Miss Quick said a lot of people are pushed away versus pulled in because of folk like that, you know. Whether it's uh, members or folks with leadership titles or whatever, and then from the, the the top there, from the pastoral leadership, you know, some folks choose and some are chosen, and the ones that are chosen, that are those are your true ones, uh, doing what God's led them to do and, and asked them to do, called them to do. Um, the ones that choose, they're doing such for something else, and and you it's quick to to be seen and and. On the flip side of it, sometimes folks can't see it, and the wolves pulled over their eyes or whatnot, you know. But you know, I had a call earlier earlier tonight, and it's it's about that, you know. I, you know, we're we're chosen. To, God, Jesus wants us to be unified, right? 
and our love of Christ mm-hmm. and spreading the good news of Christ. And and the folks that aren't, those are the folks that are creating distractions in the church and 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 setting those bad examples and pushing people away like you were pushed away. But I, I thank God that you know that you've been pulled back. Um, you know that. Uh, too oftentimes there's distractions and there's um, division in the church, and that's what keeps the church from moving forward because uh, we mm-hmm. get caught up in that division, and then, you know, our mind starts taking over, and we start liking that division, and we start getting pulled into that division and becoming a part of it. Or, in your case, we get pushed away, and we start getting that bad taste in our mouth, uh, not just for that one, but for all. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's pretty tough, man. You know, I thank God. For oh, bro, I got kicked, I got kicked out of three churches, bro. Like, this not just one; this three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but one thing I can say, and I will say, regardless of what, you know, uh, I know God for myself. Regardless of whether, and I know when it was when it's out of the flesh, and we speaking me out of the spirit. Mm-hmm. So. I was very confident in that. So when we had to go through our premarital counseling, I was very confident in just that alone because this brother, he didn't know me from a can of paint. But it was like the spirit was there. The spirit was talking to him, talking to me through him. You know what I mean? Because it was, he wasn't judging me on, you know, uh, your, your previous life, he was only there to make sure from this point going forward in the matrimony, and as I accept her as my wife, this is what to expect and vice versa. And if y'all need anything, I'm going to pray for y'all. But if y'all need anything, feel free to call. Just that simple. It wasn't like he was, he was it wasn't a pull. It wasn't a pull. He was right here, and if, whenever you need me, you can walk up to me. And that was nothing but respect. And that's the way it is to this day. It's never like, oh, you need to go to church or y'all need to find a church home. It's like, nah. <laughs> Whenever you're ready, you know how to get there. And I'm more than happy and I'm more than willing to accept your phone calls for whatever you need. But that's the difference between the way I was raised and the way that I am. Because again, overcorrection or, you know, based on the ungratefulness of those other situations, I could have been like the hell with it. And I would have been done. And just lumped everybody in there. But because Miss Quick vouched and I'm trusting her because she's about to be my wife. And now we can go forward. And that's how God do it because he don't just start it. He take it all the way through completion. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. That's why he's still in the mix now. Because of the rejection, because of some abandonment issues or what have you, you kick me out, you kick me away from the church. That could have added to it if God hadn't built that up and got rid of that. 
Yeah. Just think about it. That that's the recipe. That's for you know, screw the world. Screw the church. Screw everybody in it. Just based on those few situations. Remember, it's not bad days, it's just bad moments. That's right. Oh, speak of the brother, he's here up here. Let's introduce Pastor to the line. Good evening. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best I got. Good evening, sir. How are you? Oh, uh, well, uh, hopefully you was on hold a long time, but hopefully you wasn't either. At least to hear what we were saying. It was a heck of an introduction. No, I, I didn't know you was I, on the line. I do apologize mm-hmm. for talking about you behind your back. No, actually, I just I just called in, man. I don't even. Well, whatever you said, <laughs> whatever you said, uh, it wasn't enough to keep me off the line, man. So uh, must not have been too bad. No, I I just dialed in, man. I um, had some business to take care of. Uh, when I say that, you know, you had to do what I had to do, man. Duty calls, so I had to. Uh, of course, of course. Had to handle that, but it's all good though. So uh, I'm just going to listen in tonight and see what y'all are up to. Real quick, to, to let you know, we are talking about what strongholds could your insecurities have on you? Hmm. <laughs> I want to know, uh, know how y'all are discussing this, what angle are y'all going at with this? Because um, we global. We don't have an angle. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'll be way out there with that. Yeah, you, when you say the word stronghold, man, you you you're um you <laughs> you're covering a lot of territory. When you say strongholds, uh, you know, you're talking about spiritual strongholds, or you're talking about habits and hang ups, or you're talking about uh traditions that, you know, uh, family throw on you, or older people throw on you. What what exactly are you talking about? Because uh you can have a strong all those, apart. all those qualify. Okay. And you want to know Listen. what about the strong? Go ahead. When we, when we talk, we've talked about everything about our childhood, mm-hmm. the current. We haven't. Mm. We understand what we're not trying to do, which is trying to allow them to create generational curses. Which it does all the time. It does, and it also adds an opportunity to overcorrect, which could also be detrimental. Very much so. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So that's what we're going with. Mm. Wow. And who do we have on the line? I think I heard. I got my brother brother Joel. I got Miss Quick and yours truly and everybody else who's listening. Well, Well, first of all, well, Joel, good to hear you, man. And Miss Quick, hello, how are you? And uh, good to hear everybody. So I want to listen. I want to know. I want to get. I want. I may need this tonight. I may need this tonight because uh, my purpose in life, my my calling, my you know, is to you know help you rid yourself of those those strongholds. You know, to try and you know uh, get you to open up your mind. Uh, because a lot of times when you talk about strongholds, that causes the heart to shut down. That causes the 
you know, you, you it, it puts you in a basically a cocoon where you won't allow love to come in, assistance to come in, uh, information to come in, and you just eventually you get stuck right where you are and you'll you'll fade away. So I want to know that's why I ask why you how how are you guys approaching this thing. So I'm gonna listen and uh, I'll probably learn something. So y'all go for it. Well, we're going to continue, but one thing I will say is I'm proud to say that none of us have allowed our strongholds to callous us. Hmm. We haven't become jaded in our strongholds. In fact, I, I want to say the consensus is we all have God to blame for that. He's the reason that we are still open. Okay, and who has confessed to, uh, I know you've all confessed to, uh, to having strongholds, but what are some of the strongholds? What are some of the strongholds? I'm I'm, I'm not trying to play devil's advocate. I'm trying to catch up. I'm trying to help some folk out there because, you know, we got we to gotta identify these things, man. Uh, and and I'm, one of the reasons I'm saying this, I just talked to a brother that's, you know, having a family issue right now, a major family issue. And uh, he didn't use the word stronghold, but based off of what I'm, you know, your definition or what you're talking about, it sounds like that's what he and his family may be dealing with, you know. And uh, and and a stronghold can lead to an absolute flat-out fight. So my question is this. What what would you define as a, as a stronghold or what is an example of a stronghold? Well... Brother Joel, you would you like to start and uh, give give him two real quick while I we'll have Miss Quick come and then I'll come and we'll get we'll we also get two of his as well. Yeah, sure. So so one of the things we talked about, Pastor, uh, one of the things that I talked about, you know, coming up, um, the way we grew up, our goal in life is to make sure our kids grow up better than the way we did. So we. We we go hard to provide these material things that we didn't have, but the detriment of it is, you know, um, we take away some of the things that we did have coming up, right? So we talked about, you know, coming up, you know, when I did eat, I'm eating at the table. you eating what was cooked. You're going to sit there until you eat it all. <laughs> Fast forward to now. You know, I tell folks, you know, you work hard, you get this and that or whatever, and sometimes we consider it a blessing to be able to say, hey, you know what, this morning I had I had turkey sausage and eggs for breakfast, my, my boy had burritos, my daughter had a protein shake. We had three different things, but you know what the detriment of it is? We ate it three different times. We didn't eat together. Yes, sir. Now, growing up, we laughed because we were talking about eating chicken. Uh, you know, that's all I ate growing up. That's all we could afford. I ate it every kind of way you could. Um, <laughs> I'm thankful to be able to provide other things. But you know what? When I was eating that chicken, there wasn't nobody at that table but me and Mama, my brother before he moved out. But now when we eat protein shakes and all this and that and whatever and third, yeah, we eat at three different times. Yes, sir. Miss Quick, you are, you're right. Wow, Miss Quick, you ready? 
Yeah, so um, my what I talked about was the stronghold of of broken promises from from parents. Um, you know, and so you know there was always a promise of coming to see you or coming to do this or do that, and um, never showing up. And then, um, and then at times where you know the the promise you know did was followed through with. You know, you'd get an item like they. My mom bought me a pair of sandals that I didn't. I didn't like. I didn't wear open toe shoes. Um, and you know, when I was vocal about that, it was it was the wrong thing to do because it. You know, she went to the other extreme and said, "Well, you don't like these, you don't get anything." And I was calm and grateful and some other stuff. And um, so now it's for me. I go hard to overcompensate. You know, whatever I say, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do. If I say I'm gonna give you ice cream, I'm gonna give you ice cream. Um, sometimes to a, to a fault, you know, where you know my my kids may not have had a perfect day, but you know, um, they they my kids may not have had the greatest day, but because I promised ice cream, I'm I'm going to deliver on that, and you know we'll have to just fix, you know, or work through the issues that you've had. But you know, I told you we're gonna get ice cream, so I gotta deliver. Um, and then on the other side of that is, is just being, um, you know, like I'm honest. You know, I don't, I can't, I can't lie to my my children because, you know, I was I was lied to for so long. Um, it's just I can't, I can't lie to mine. So those were mine. Mine was the communication or lack thereof, and. Um, one of the examples I gave was uh, some shoes. Excuse me, that was better yet, that was the second one. When I made brought to attention that it was uh, girl shoes, it really didn't hold any weight. But somebody else came and said it, it carried weight. So I got to the point where I just won't say anything, and I just went and did my own thing. Uh, a little before that, I asked for a Walkman. I had an idea of a Walkman. I didn't vocalize or verbalize that idea, that was the exact idea, and I got a Walkman. I mean, what I wanted. So I told them, I want this. And that comes from the lack of communication. And it got to the point where I wasn't mindful that it was my fault due to my lack of communication. So now with my kids, we communicate about everything. It's not a bad thing, but I make sure we talk about everything. Uh, you get in trouble, before you get a whipping, we go have a conversation. After you get that ass pop, then your mom will come and talk to you. But it's still going to be a conversation. So that way we'll know how you got here and how not to get back here. Everything is about communication and conversation. When something is not right, my wife still tell me, and I'll go and talk to my son when it's dealing with him, or even just to see how he feel about it. That's the difference. Of I did, I'm not going to say because there was a lack of communication, I implemented communication in my family. Those are mine. 
Now, what's yours, Pastor? Wow, man, you would do that to me, man. I tell you what, um, let me do you one better, man. Let me give you one um, uh, about my wife. That way, <laughs> I tell it on her. Now, nah, it, it, this is, I'll give you one of my own, but, but uh, my wife, um, growing up, she was, I don't know how many years it happened, but she told me about it. Uh, she said that her mom would give her, she's, you know, from a divided family, basically their dad uh, jumped ship, whatever happened. Uh, but she was raised by her mom. And uh, every Christmas, around Christmas time, or birthday, I forget which one it was, she would always get, um, her mom would write her a little note, you know, basically saying, I owe you, you know, no gift, no toy, no clothing, no whatever, just an IOU, and she got that so many times until, you know, it didn't mean anything, but by the time I got to her, it had affected her expectations. You, you know what I'm saying? It, it really affected her, uh, affected her expectations, and so, you know, it was hard to do anything for her. She didn't know how to, almost didn't know how to receive, if you will. I could buy her something as simple as a meal from breakfast from McDonald's, you know, way back then. And you did this, you did why you, you know, just, you know, just just a question as to why, you know, you're doing this. And she didn't know how to accept. She just, she just didn't. And then, even to this day, um, around Christmas time, around a birthday, and all of that, uh, I think she still struggles with it. And I think it really stems from just that that stronghold of just, you know. I owe you, I owe you. And for me personally, um, because of the way I was brought up, you know, my dad being gone and my mom working 47 jobs, you know, I had a whole lot of, you know, freedom and, and, you know, to do whatever. Being around older men that were smoking and drinking and being around my grandmother that would pretty much let me get away with murder uh, and things like that, um, you know, I saw so much junk and so much, you know, I didn't grow up around strong marriages. I didn't grow up around, um, you know, really a lot of discipline or anything like that. So now um, I'll be the first one to tell you I hold on too tight. In other words, uh, you know, um, I hold my kids tightly. I don't let them uh, spend the night with anybody. I don't let them. I mean, wherever they are, I'm there. I, I just, I hold on too tight, if you will. That's uh, just the way that I am. And it, it's affected the way that I, I parent. In other words, because my dad was gone, I'm going to make sure I'm going to be there. And uh, it's okay to do that, don't get me wrong. But once they get a certain age, i got to be able to pump the brakes and let them breathe and help them, you know, back off a little bit. But still, no, that's. You know, even today, uh, my oldest son, man, is uh, is 25 years old, and, and I told my wife, I said, you know, got to schedule the time, got to sit down with him, I got to do this, I got to do that, got to make sure he understands this, I got to make sure he, he do this. I, I can't let him just get, you know, uh, 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 a paycheck. I wouldn't understand everything that's written on it. I wouldn't understand what FICA means. I wouldn't understand what retirement is. I wouldn't understand. I need to do I haven't done that. So. Even at the oldest one, I'm still looking at the things I have not done, the bases I have not uh, covered. I want him to be ready, and it may be causing me to 
hinder him in a sense, if you will. So that that's mine is I'm I'm over um protective. And then the last one for me, not the last one but another one for me, is I'm probably <laughs> uh for I don't know how you describe it, probably a little more laid back in my calling than maybe I should be. I, I am not I saw people um church was all about it was like military precision, man. You don't don't walk up the aisle at this point. You don't, uh, you know, you don't sit in these chairs. You don't, you know, this this area right here where the 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 pastor's sitting that's sacred. You don't go up there to do anything. You just and it was just pastors got to wear this and talk like this. And my thing was, I I like my Nikes. I like my Jordans. I like my, you know, I like stuff like that, man. I like. I'm not a rogue type of dude. Nothing wrong with it if that's what you want to wear. It's cool. Uh, I'm not one that's just going to stick there and say, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm going to say, well, look, this thing's between you <laughs> and God. And, and 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 so I'm a little, you know what I'm saying? So I get kicked out of a lot of circles um, or, you know, because I'm not as, as strict, if you will. I'm not that that pastor per se. I'm not that you know, and I don't know if that's good or bad. It just depends on, on who you ask. So that that's that's probably mine, man. Um but I saw it so much coming up. It's just you you had to know all the rules. Everybody knew the rules but they didn't know God. Thing was, you know, you know, I'd ask stupid questions. Okay, now how much sense does it make? I'm up here in the pulpit area and you tell tell me that's uh sacred and sanctified and all y'all sitting out there in hell, I mean, the rest of it, ain't, y'all ain't coming out there with y'all, you know. It's just, just silliness, man. It's just So I didn't purposely go against the rules, but I never, I just wasn't able to just grasp the rules. I'm, I'm not, you know, and I don't try to ignore them, please. I, I don't want to do that. I just, I just want to do what God wants me to do. And, uh, and that's gotten me in a lot of troubles. It's probably kept me away from, you know, um, what you might say, a, 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 a larger church, more of a payday, if you will, uh, you know, maybe an opportunity to stand before a larger audience, you know, things of that nature. It, it's held me where I am, I guess you would say. So I'm not complaining about it, but that's my stronghold. I just, I don't want to play the game. I don't want to play the game. I, I want to do things that if I can't love you, man, I ain't going to beat you over the head over what you're doing wrong because my problem is I've probably done that and maybe some more, you know. So that's my stronghold. So, and that's from the – and I say that so whoever's listening, you're having trouble out there in the church and you don't feel like you belong, you know what, join the club. Get in the club with me because I'm a pastor and I don't belong. I just – I don't fit that mold. But I won't let you know you don't have to. You really don't have to. God is not, you know, we should give God our best, but God is not sitting there holding everything over your head. You know what? Hey, God, I messed that thing up. Forgive me. Show me how to get it right, and let's, you know, let's move forward. So don't know if y'all consider that a stronghold, but that's that is that's, that's it for me. That's all I'm going to share with y'all. I got some other stuff, but I, ain't, I don't, I don't want to share that. Well, for me, it sounds like we're in the same boat. 
<laughs> okay. And I'm uh and I told him, you know, just like I've told you, you know, I done got kicked out of three churches. And I know that they were they wasn't talking to me through the spirit. So if that's not where I needed to be, it sure gave me a nice destination or a nice path to get where I'm at now. Wow. Wow. And I thank God for that. Just like the brother, he was thanking God about his son, uh, giving the, reading the scripture, and that's how he got there. However we yeah. got there, we're here now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, and I also sir. told him about so, how when we first had a conversation, I told you off top, I didn't trust preachers and pastors. <laughs> I had to remember that conversation. That was funny to me, man. <laughs> but I said, man to man, we can have a conversation. And you was like, well, that's, that's all I asked. That's right. That's right. You were the first person. Uh, and I think we're still on topic, you know, but I, I want to say you were the first person that um, that was was real with me. And, and when I say real with me, everybody wanted to put up a facade. But let me tell you, it's, it's amazing. Let me just give you an idea. I, I'm working on something now. I don't know if it's going to be for Sunday or weeks down the road, but I, I'm, I'm working on something called potential versus reality. And what happens mm. is oftentimes we – we, like and I was doing this, you know, okay, as a, as, let's say for ma- when it relates to marriage, you know, we literally, when it comes to potential, you know, we get married off of potential, but then we get mm. divorced off of reality. It, it's just a, it's mm. an amazing thing, you know, we, we get all that, have all that potential, oh, it's going to be this, and we're going to do that, no, 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 but then when, when reality hit, you know, and we don't want people to see our reality, and you were willing to show me yours. And I, and I think that's why, um, you know, I can still say, you know, I, I, I appreciate you to this day because you were honest, you were real. Same thing with Brother Joel, you know. He didn't try to say, hey, man, I've been in church my whole life, and, you know, I, I do this and I do that. And I never really asked him his story, but from the time I met him, he was just real. And, and I think the world is missing you know, that we're missing out on reality. You know, you're not going to live on potential forever. I promise you. You know, uh, my wife and I, when we got married, um, I was, she was, you know, had on this beautiful gown and all that. She's beautiful. And I had that, if you've ever seen the movie Life, I know y'all don't watch movies, but, you know, I I watch movies, you know. There's a movie called Life. And if you ever saw Life, they had on, had on this white jacket and a black uh, trousers and they were working it, man. I had that life look about me. I was, this is a real deal. And if I could look like that forever, uh, Miss Robinson couldn't keep her hands off of me. But probably mm-hmm. when I got home, I put on a pair of shorts and raggedy, jacked up t shirt. And Miss Robinson didn't have her wedding gown on. And, you know, she put on a nightgown and something over her head. And, brother, reality hit, man. You understand what I'm saying? And that's that's the way it was whenever I met you. You showed me your reality first. You didn't show me your potential. And because you showed me your reality, I was able to see your potential. You understand what I'm saying? Does that make any sense? 
and and that's the way it was. Miss Quick, from the time I've known her, I, you know, been knowing her for a long time, but from the time I really knew her, I could see her reality. She was she was real. She wasn't she wasn't faking it. You know, uh, we would sit in a class and I would listen to her comment, and I'm like, she's saying something the others aren't saying, but what she's saying, all the others are dealing with. And it was, I saw her reality, but I also was able to see her potential. And so when, you know, God began to move and, 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 and rearrange and do the things like that, it was just like, this is amazing. And she trusted God enough and trusted me enough to come and just share kind of what was going on. And I don't really know what everybody else was telling her, but I knew that the opportunity to, to relocate, I saw the potential in it. I saw, man, this can be good. This can be, you know, whatever, whatever. And to see how it, you know, played out, how God connected the dots is amazing. So when you start talking about strongholds and all of this, you know, it just took me right back to what I'm working on now. And I don't know, maybe that's why I was working on it was for tonight. But that potential versus reality, man. So, you know, uh, when Joel saw his son reading that scripture, that's reality right there. It's like, well, let mm-hmm. me get you where you need to be. And so, man, I, I just, you know, I guess I'll just thank you if I'd never have done that. But thank you from the time we met. You know, you've always been flat out who you are, real. And, you know, as long as you're that, God knows who you are. It's either you trying to deceive me. I don't have nowhere to put you. So I appreciate you being there for me, not to me. Now, listen, man, I'm going to tell you something, and I'm going to let my brother and Miss Quick come in on this. I got upset. Nobody noticed until this moment right here. The day we got married, my wife goes and, to be at the time, goes and get makeup put on her. <laughs> For what? One, that's not reality. Two, you don't need that. You're beautiful without it. I ain't never seen nothing. I ain't say nothing. That's what she wanted to do. This is your day. I am behind it. But I'm marrying what I see every day. Every day. If she would have had came up to her hair tied up, I would have been just fine. <laughs> this is what I'm saying every day. You dig? This is what I'm saying every day. Yes, sir. Just like yes, you yes. said... You know, we didn't have a limo pulling up. No, nah, we go we go ride this old Ford all the way up there. Dude, you, you were driving the truck, man, I remember. Yes. <laughs> That's, That's right. our reality. <laughs> wow. Wow. You was there. <laughs> as far as I remember, you was there. You uh, you got something you want to add? You are something else. <laughs> Come on, my makeup. I just tried to put on a little color for the pictures. That's all. You are something else. <laughs> so you lucky I ain't you. gotta marry you again. You lucky I ain't gotta marry you again because I would. Right. Hair hair wrap and everything. I I do it right the next time. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy, boy. I tell you. 
My brother Joel. But not. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Miss Quick. Yeah. No, I was, go ahead. I was I was just joking, y'all. No, I was just joking. But go ahead. What's 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 your what's your thoughts about about as Pastor was saying, potential versus reality, which is what we kind of what we're talking about as far as strongholds, what we were versus our reality of where we're at now. Yes, sir. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to what comes out of that, uh, what he's working <laughs> on. I'm really looking forward, you know, and it, you know, it really it takes me back and pulls the scab, right? So, uh, I grew up a little different than, than folks that uh, looked like me in the community or whatever. You know, I was told I had the potential to do this and do that, um, but it was their way, right? And um, I went about things my way, and I was going to prove, that, you know, this I'm not doing what y'all want to do. This is that may be my potential, but that's not what I'm attracted to. That's not what I want to do. And I was told, you know, this wouldn't work, and the world wouldn't wouldn't agree, and the world wouldn't do this. And I was like, look, you know, it's it's not about you. Not about them. It's about what I want, what I desire, what I love, and it's gonna work. And you know what I mean. If I have to, it's gonna work despite it. You know what I mean. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to what comes out of that project. Really. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna tell y'all. Nobody noticed. Miss Quick noticed. I told her this, and Pastor probably noticed too. Had this lady tell me one time. She said, well, you ain't going to be shit. You're going to be just like the rest of them around here. Those are exact words. Never forget. And I was like, looking around, I'm like, oh, nah. I am not going to be like this. None of these cats around here. So I hustle hard. I went hard. When I tell you hard in the paint, I'm blocking, dunking, laying up, going hard. <laughs> all the way. All gas, no break. They were still holding on to me until today. My grandmother called me today and told me that she had a, st- a heart attack. Where's she at? She's in the hospital, intensive care. I called out there. She couldn't answer the phone, obviously. Talked to her daughter to check on her and let her know we was going to pray for her. In spite of, that's reality. Mm. That is reality. Thank you, Pastor, for that. Wow, man. Um <laughs> First of all, I'm praying for whoever is, is is dealing with something. That's that's my reality right there. But as far as everything else, um, you know, it's it's just I I I believe that I know that I'm my life um, was worth living once I stepped into reality. You understand? And I, I stopped trying to fit someone else's mold. I didn't have to work as hard. You know, um, it's almost like I was living my life and, you know, as far as a pastor is concerned, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that. Even in the way that you deliver your message, coming up in, quote, unquote, the black church, you know, you got to start right here and you got to get up to where you got this this moan and this hum and you're singing it and all of that. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't 
I'm, I don't, that ain't, I don't, <laughs> don't work for me. It just don't work for me. And then, you know, I'd get around another group and they said, well, you know, you got to do this. You got to be monotone and don't ever raise your voice. Well, that don't work for me. Well, you got to stand in one place and you can't do. And I never found anything that worked for me. And what broke it for me is I sat down with a pastor and, well, we were just talking, you know, about some things, and he scribbled something on a piece of paper and slid it over uh, to me. He said, um, all right, we'll talk. And I'm like, what do you mean we'll talk? I, I done spent my time, my money, and, and scheduled this meeting with you and waited two, three months to talk to you because I figured you're a person of wisdom. This is the one the Lord laid on my heart. And you're going to slide me a piece of paper. You, you spoke to me, asked me how my wife was doing. You asked me, you know, how the church was doing. We did a little chitty chat chat, you know, um, and and all of that. And then I I pour out my guts to you like this. I got tears flowing, and you gonna slide this to me and say I'll see you later. And what was written on the paper was two letters, the letter B and the letter U. That's all he said to me. And he didn't say it. He put it on the paper. B U. Stop trying to be like everybody else. Stop trying to fit this mold and just be you. And when I got that, y'all, it, I was angry when I left. Don't get me wrong. It didn't hit me right there. But later on when it, it settled in, I was like, okay. But then the question was, who am I? And, mm. you know, when I realized, okay, let me just be who I am. You know, and I'm the type of person I read something, and I'm like, I'm reading the Bible. I'm like, God, you mean you can do this? And I ain't got to wear a robe? You mean that? You mean you mean you still love me after I've done all this stuff? You mean you'll accept me the way that I am? You And I get excited about it and all that. So when I started, uh, got to that point where I could be myself, that's whenever I um, was able to, to, to shift into cruise control and just glide a little bit, man. I was working too hard. I was killing myself, um, angry as all get out, but now I can cruise control. It's like, okay. I can't be anybody else. I don't want to be anybody else. And whoever don't want to accept that, and, you know, that's that's all well and fine, but I'm going to be who I am. So, again, my message to everybody out there is just, just be who you are. Find your reality. Find your reality. Stop trying to live that particular. One day I'm going to do this, and one day I'm going to. Find your reality. It's something God meant for you to be, something God meant for you to do. And when you find that spot and operate right there, that's that area where we call it uh, uh, the, uh, the anointing. That's where God will anoint you. God anointed me to do certain things, and I was trying to do stuff he had anointed me to do. So now that I found my reality, um, it's easier for me. I ain't going to say I'm good at it. It just means I'm e- it's easier for me. I can you know, not study so hard. I can get a few little notes like I had tonight and bring them to you guys. And, you know, as I share them with y'all, y'all, Give me some feedback, and before you know it, something else is open up. So that's that's all I'm saying, y'all. When I say reality versus potential, God will fulfill my potential if I start walking in my reality. That's all right, right there. Man, listen, 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 listen. Stop, everybody, stop what you're doing right now, Bruh. So you not go sit here and hurt me like this. Bro, you just cut me deep. So you mean to tell me, when I was young, 
doing everything under the sun to to get that bag, which I got and held it mm-hmm. for a long time for everybody else. Because that was the wow. whole reason I did it. Yeah. But now, now that I'm in the reality of things, hustle is a potential. Yes, sir. The reality <laughs> of things is the way you live it right now, the business, yes, the flagrancy of it, the intentional of it. Hmm. I am more fulfilled. I am just as successful. My family is just as comfortable because God has ordained my reality. Yes, sir. Is that what you're telling me? That's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm telling you. Bro, where you was when I was 13, man? <laughs> oh my god oh man because again, Quit, again strongholds know. right no 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 pastor listen strongholds insecurities of 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 yeah. everything of of not having of not getting of not being heard and you go get it you put yourself in this facade or or of this potential. Y'all go hit me now. I got this. Y'all go hit me. I can oh. drop it on. Y'all go hit me. Y'all go see me. Y'all go know who I am. Although I, y'all still didn't see me. But now, I don't even speak. And y'all see me. You don't have to. That's right. What? What is it? What, David and his brother, the Sons of Thunder? Or something like that? <laughs> you keep going. You, you're on it. You only speak when you have something to say. But y'all see me. Y'all hear me when I have something to say. But back then, I, I was letting things that wasn't mine speak for me. Like the money. You know, like I said, I'll walk around damn middle school, forty thousand dollars in my book bag. <laughs> but now, it's not even about that. It's not even about what you see. Or, or here, it's about what's around me and who's following me, who's who you see on my back, which is God. That's what yeah. you're seeing now. Yeah. That's the reality. Yeah. The potential is me knowing I can go get it, which was still part of the process. But the reality of it is, when you got it, when God has given to you, when He has ordained you, or you said annoying. But I think it's almost what I'm saying, right? You're you're on it, brother. You're on it. You're on it. Uh, Listen, I'll say it like this. Um, It's the difference between, and Brother Joel can can get this, it's the difference between the potential is whenever, you know, you got to make your light shine. Reality is when you just let it shine. You know, that's the way it is right there, you know. when you got to make your light shine, come on, man. That's just, you know, that's you. That's all you. But when you just, your light right. is shining because of, you, you you can't stop it from shining. You can't turn it off, you know. But when you make it shine, you're you flipping it off, on, off and on. And that's what God told us to do. He said, let your light shine. What do you mean, God, let my light shine? 
Become who I ordained for you to become. Do what I called you to do. Live your reality, and your light will just shine. You don't have to um, make room for yourself. You know, the Bible says that if you are doing the right thing, your gifts will just make room for you. You don't have to knock anybody off to, you know, go up the ladder. You know, God just absolutely promotes you just because you got it like that. You know what I'm saying? You just, your light's just shining. Quick, it's like your marriage, you and your wife's marriage. There's some people that are absolutely jealous of your marriage. There's some that don't understand your marriage. There's some that don't even, they can't accept your marriage. And there's some that just want your marriage. They're like, how did they get that? Where did that come from? How did she, that don't make sense. What did she, you know, how did she meet him? And how did he meet her? And what was this? He lives in one part of the uh, country. She lives in another part. What is all of this? You know, that's the same thing with Brother Joel and, and uh, his spouse. Folk will look and say, how, how does this work? How did that work out? Where did this come from? But, again, you know, if Joel doesn't marry who he's married to now, if he's married to someone else, guess what? He's just holding on to potential, and he'll never be happy. He'll always cheat. Why? Because he married potential instead of reality. Reality is this is what I like, this is what I want, this is what, you know, puts the sugar in my Kool-Aid. But you want me to marry potential just just because of the way things look. Nah, you got to – well, anyway, let me stop, man, because I'm starting to feel the thing myself now. But anyway, that's that's, a, that's just the way it is, man. So you gotta, when you got to make your light shine, when you got to go out there and secure that bag and, you know, and all this and that and look over your shoulder, come on, man. No, <laughs> no. Miss Quick, Miss Quick. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Miss Quick. Who he been talking to? Yeah. It sounds like he's been talking to some of your people. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> oh no, probably all of them. But that sounds familiar, right? Mhm. I thought I was tripping, man. You know, I'm. You know, I got. You know, um, I thought I was tripping, Pastor. Man, listen. I don't know who, what circles you were sitting in, or who by what door you sitting. Cause you know they say the spook by the door. I don't know who <laughs> what door you been sitting by, bro. But you 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 hitting some things that you don't, bro. All those those same conversations that you just mentioned was thrown at us in the beginning. I have, I don't know about all that, man. I, you don't know. I'm telling you. Not. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yes. That's why I had to. That's why I had to call Miss Quick just then. I almost had to text on the low, like, who you been telling <laughs> our business to? No. Glory to God, man. Because that's the, all I can say. But that's exactly what it is, though. People will. A lot of times, our potential comes from other people, like you were saying earlier. And right now, it's social media or television or what have you. They're telling you that you're too fat or too skinny. They're telling you you're too dark or, or not light enough or whatever the case may be. You're letting other people set your standards, set your, your tone versus God. Why don't you love yourself the way that God has made you? And I think you'll go a little bit further versus trying to continue to get validation from people you don't even know or who don't know you. 
Mm-hmm. Let me sit back down somewhere. Let me sit back down somewhere. Let 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 y'all talk for a little bit. Brother Joe, what you got to say, man? Hey, so yeah, it man, it cut me too. It had me. I've been sitting here just looking back over my life and you know how things ended up right now, and the way God ordered the steps. You know, like I was told so many times I couldn't do this and couldn't do that, and you you know you wearing you looking at the world through these rose-colored lenses, and I was like, listen, you know, I'm looking at it the way I see it, right? I love people, um, regardless of the, the color of the skin. It doesn't matter. And, you know, I I was told one time there was some, some highly racial tension going on in a certain city, North Carolina, many years ago, 20, 30 years ago, I don't know. And I was told I couldn't go um, by this lady's parents or whatever. We Y'all can't go down there. And you can't tell me I can't go. I'm not going to sit back and stop living my life because of what other people view, how they view our life. Um, so all these times I was told that I would have problems, you know, and I was, you know, I'm not worried about that. This is what makes me happy. And I look at reality now where God's taken me and where I'm at now in my life in Christ. This thing's been building the whole time. Right? Maybe I can bridge the gap in racial tension. I don't see racial with you, bro. I if you wouldn't have kept saying it, bro, I just thought you was light skinned. None of that matters at this point. <laughs> <laughs> none of none of that matters, except to close-minded people. None of that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Period. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, wait, is this brother white? Like, that doesn't matter. <laughs> oh because no, truthfully, listen, check this out now. When when we meet, I'm not meeting you in the physical. We've always met on the spiritual. Yes, so sir. if I'm seeing yep. your, your flesh nine times out yep. of ten, then we're not meeting in the spiritual. So <laughs> that may be a boundary, and that may be my own doing, but that could block a blessing from getting to know a good brother. Because like I always told pastors, and he's here and Miss Quaker, we can't vote by the way we think, not because of the way we look, but what you make our skin for. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Pastors, I'm, I'm saying, bruh. <laughs> what, the night is the night, I swear. <laughs> like Betty Wright, tonight is the night. <laughs> mm. Y'all might be too holy for that. Man. God, <laughs> <laughs> almighty. Miss Quick, please take over. <laughs> please, I'm tripping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know what to say. They they own it. I mean, I'm I'm like Brother Joel. I'm 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 ready for for pastors. I don't know if it's gonna be a series or just one service, or I'm ready for the for the uh, for the next. I say I'll say part two of the conversation. <laughs> um, 
you know, but but for me just personally, I've, I, I mean, I I've never been able to show my potential. I've always lived in my reality. Um, I maybe that's just the way God made me, but um, I've always been um, in my. Well, let me not say that. I've been in my reality since. Um, God has shown me who I was and mm-hmm. at at which point I was most comfortable. So even, you know, when, when Pastor shared a little bit of my story, you know, and, and meeting you, it was like I that day I was in my reality, you know. I mean, and it was, I wasn't, you know, I, no makeup because I, I don't wear makeup, you know. Like you said, I, I don't even wear lipstick. Um Shoot, I rarely even get my nails painted, um, just being real. But I was in real reality the, the day I met my husband. And um, he saw me, uh, obviously, spiritually, um, because, you know, my in, in, I guess in my travels or, or in my trials and trans, transformation to get to where I was, um, my prayer was that if... God had somebody for me, you know, they they had to be connected to him before they would see me. And I, I don't know if I've ever said this, but the reason, you know, that I didn't really call you crazy when you said I was your wife is because I knew that if you could see me that way, I knew you had to be connected to God. I don't know if that makes sense. So, um, like, that was, like, I, that was my reality, you know, so... Good topic, good topic. Okay. Okay, I'm I'm good now. Thank you. Now, Pastor, <laughs> let's talk about breaking these strongholds and let's breaking these 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 um generational curses and well, breaking these strongholds to keep them from becoming generational curses. Spiritually, biblically. Let's talk about that. misspoke teach us about that uh pastor hey you can't hear me i hear you now you hear me? <laughs> okay uh you were talking about uh, breaking strongholds. Yes. Well, it, it, it's got to start, man. I mean, biblically speaking, it has to start in the mind. It has to. It has to start right there. You, you'll never break anything on the outside if you don't break it on the inside first. You know, uh, it, it has to start in the mind. The Bible says that, you know, we wrestle not against, you know, flesh and blood. We wrestle against. Our principalities. In, in other words, we're wrestling against this potential. We're wrestling against, you know, really spirits and things that we can't see, traditions and all the types of things that we're we're told. And you know, I don't have a exhaustive list. I don't have in direct order, but I there's some things that this is some things that I use in my own personal life. Now we can find them in the Bible, but some of the things that that uh, helps me to break strongholds is, you know, the very ones that are causing the strongholds is just separating from them. 
The Bible talks about not being unequally yoked. Listen, if I stop going to that gas station, get in that gas that has the water in it, my car gonna start running better. You know what I'm saying? I, I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta stop the problem first. I can't allow you to keep speaking into my life just because you have, you know, if I'm sitting in a church, for instance, I know you've been <laughs> kicked out of a few or whatever, but if I'm sitting in a church and all they're telling me about is just, you know, money, how to get money, all they're telling me about is what the pastor's driving, all they're telling me about is, you know, uh, just I don't even I don't mind the church telling me that I'm wrong and that I that I sin. I don't mind that. But show me how to get that thing right. Don't don't just don't just you know. In other words, don't just tell me about the death. Tell me about the resurrection also. You know. So in other words, I gotta break that stronghold. I gotta disconnect from whatever it is that's causing me the problem. And um, you know, um, now you're getting in the soul tide. That means you gotta walk away from some people. That means you literally got to unfriend some people on your. Social media, I learned that word today, so y'all be proud of me. Uh, you, you know, you, you got to do that. It, it has to stop. God is not going to just free you. You know, uh, you've got to, there's some actions that you got to take. There's some things that God will do, but there's some things that God expects out of us. He said, don't be unequally yoked. And that's not talking about just marriage. Sometimes you got to separate yourselves from the filth and the guilt and all of that. You know, if I know I got a drinking problem and I need to find another way home other than right by the liquor store right now. Now, later on, I I may be able to go back there and witness. But if I go by now, I'm going to come out with a bag, and that's not what I should do. So I got to separate from, you know, the wrong people. The other thing I got to do is the Bible said I got to renew my mind daily, on a daily basis, not, you know, not once a month or whatever. I got to renew my mind daily. In other words, I got to start putting the right, if I stop the bad things from coming out, uh, in, uh, then now I got to make sure I'm putting the right things in there. I got to get around the right people. I got to hear the right things. I got to purposely fill my mind, you know, with the right information, the, 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 the positive things, the things of God, the scriptures. I got I to gotta listen to things. You know, there's music out there right now, if you listen closely to it. I'll say for young people, and you can see young people living the music they're listening to. You can you can you can watch it. You can watch at certain stages, and uh, you know uh, people's lives. They'll hear a certain love song or whatever. They take their mind back to whenever or whatever, and 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 all of that. So it's having a influence on you. So okay, if it's going to do that, then why not listen to something positive that's going to. Uh, Pour something into your your mind that lets you know, yeah, I can do this. You know, but you, you you have to do this. You have to feed yourself positive things. And then for me, the way that I I, I speak, if I got to stop speaking negative, I got to stop destroying myself. I got to make sure that what's coming out of my mouth is positive. The Bible says uh, something like this: Let the weak say that I'm strong. Even when I'm down, I got to know I'm getting back up. You know, and to steal this from the earlier conversation, where I am right now, this is not my reality. This is not my reality. This is not where I'm going to stay. This is a this is a this is a temporarily temporary stop. This is a layover. This is not my final destination. And that's what you have mm. to keep telling yourself. You have to let yourself know. 
Listen, even if nobody else is telling you that, you got to tell yourself that. The Bible said David encouraged himself in the Lord. In other words, his wife didn't say, David, you're good. His kids didn't say, David, you're good. You know, his wife told him, David, go in there and sit down. Man, you're embarrassing the whole family. David, like, no, no, I, you don't understand. I, and he began to get himself excited about just what he knew reality was, you know. And too many people are jumping and hollering over potential, but whenever you know your reality, it's like, yeah, it's all right, yeah. I don't have to wear Jordan's jersey because I don't want to be Jordan. I don't want to be Jordan. I want to play in the NBA. And if I want to play in the NBA, I'm going to be over here grinding while everybody else is wearing a jersey. Now, I ain't wearing it now because I, I, I know I'm not going to make it. I just like some of his gear, so I'm good with that. But, you know, you you have to do that. So, for me, that's three things that I like I have to do is I have to get rid of the bad thing, the negative, whether that's a person, if that's music, if that's something I'm reading, a church I'm attending, a group that I'm in. I got to get away from that, you know. And then the second thing is, Again, I got to renew my mind. I got to put the right things in there, man. I got to do that. I got to I gotta put it in there. And then I got to speak that thing. I got to put it out there. I got to say it. Even if nobody else don't believe me, I got to say it. I got to say it, you know. And then another one, you know, is just being around. I want to be around. The Bible says if you hang around foolish people, you'll become foolish. But if you hang around the wise, you'll gain wisdom. So I need to hang around people uh, that I say that are better than me, that's got more than I have. Their marriage is better. I want to hang around people that are doing something, some dreamers. I, I need to hang around somebody that make me say, you know what, Mm-mm. no, man, I got to get up. I got to do something about this. You know, that's that's what does it for me. You know, this call tonight, you don't know how that lit a fire in me tonight, man. I was late getting on here and, I've taken most of the time up, but this is just, I don't know, it's just been a blessing to me tonight, you know, to hear Joel talk and say what he's saying, you know, uh, to hear you saying what you were talking about at 13, that's quick, uh, that's just a blessing to me, so all of that helps me, man, to break these strongholds, that helps me to break these strongholds. Hmm. Well, I know because I know God, I know there's a, a prayer, there's a scripture, there's some homework that Pastor can send us home with. At some point, we have to mature and, like I would like to say, and man up and be, as Ms. Quick says, crazy enough to believe that God can break those strongholds. Yes, sir. That he can change if you want him to change. If you seek him for change, he can change. He can change. And he's he will do something for you that you're not strong enough to do for yourself. If you're not strong enough Amen. to get off social media, he can do it for you. If you're not strong enough to, to change your lifestyle, your eating habits and all that, he can do it for you. He may not do it the way you want him to do it, but he can do it for you. Pastor, what is the, the verse for that? I know it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all things be open to you and all that good stuff. I don't know the verse, <laughs> but I know that's in there. <laughs> you, uh, you tell me when you get those verses, 
like that. Man. You're on them, though. You really are. You, you want a verse that uh, about what stronghold, or you want a verse about what? Uh, the one you just gave, really, to be honest, is, is very appropriate. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added. In other words, what that verse is basically talking about, if you read the surrounding verses, it talks about, you know, how we go, we try to fix our own problems, we try to um, uh, uh, supply our own needs, we try to take care of ourselves, but and, and that's just human nature, I understand that, but God works the exact opposite. God said, no, 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 what I'm telling you to do, if you'll seek me first, if you'll go after me, if you'll make me the priority, I'll take care of all these other things for you. I'll do that for you. I'll give you a plan. You know, uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, I think it is in verse 11. I think it's where it is. I think that, yeah, that's pretty sure that's where it is. It says, for I know the plan I have for you. In other words, when God says he has a plan for you, God's plan wants you free. God wants you um, um, stronghold free. God wants you healthy. God wants you wise. So in other words, every day of your life, you get up, you read that verse, you know, if I know the plan I have for you. Okay, so now that I know that God has the plan, then let me seek God so that he'll give me that plan. I'm not going to stop seeking him until I get the plan that he has for me on this day. Another scripture says that he will order your steps. And if he will order your steps, I've never been in the military, but when that sergeant or that drill sergeant or that platoon leader or whatever, if he tells you to keep walking, have a certain beat about him. If he tells you to stop, he gives a command. If he tells you to turn around and think it's about faith or whatever, he tells you that. But you don't step until he tells you to step. Same way with God. If he's going to order our steps, and what we need to do is say, God, please, give me an ear to hear when you block out everything else. And let me keep going until you tell me to stop. You want me to go left, I'll go left. You want me to do this, I'll do this. God wants us to make him the priority, and then he will take care of our lives. He'll remove strongholds. He'll point us in the right direction. He'll get us out of situations and, and circumstances. So any of those scriptures will work for you, man, any one of them. And if you're in something, the Bible said, I'll provide a way of escape. No matter what you're in, he said, I will provide a way of escape. God knows the way out. You don't. I don't. But he's so much better than OnStar. I promise you he's better than OnStar. <laughs> He's way better than that. So uh, those scriptures will work for us, family. I believe they will. Mm. I can't thank you enough. And I'm sure there's quite a few people out here that's, that share the same sentiment. Now, it's, it's time for us to depart, time for us to get to work, time for us to go out here and make a difference and change some things. Uh, so if everybody's hearts and minds are clear, uh, we can get to it, Miss Quick. Is your heart mind clear? Yes, it is. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I love you, Brother Joel. Your heart mind clear? Yes, I'd just like to say this. You know, just to share, just briefly. You know, just get in the Word. Not only get in the Word, but get the Word in you. Right, just like Pastor was saying there. When the desire is there to change, there's a way to go about it. And just getting in the Word, you won't always get what you need from the Word without actually getting the Word in you. 
last week you spoke about a windshield and a and a, a rearview mirror, right? You get in the Word, you won't read anything about windshields and, and rearview mirrors, but when you get the Word in you, you learn that in the Word it'll tell you to look forward and not look back. The reason that rearview mirror is smaller than the windshield is we need to spend more time looking forward. And our right now doesn't have to be always. We can look past our right now when there is a desire to change and change our right now. We just got to look past our right now and see that the change is possible and see it in the fruition and do it through God. Mm. Thank you. Joy come in the morning. My heart and mind mm. clear. Pastor, if your heart and mind is clear. Yes, uh, sir. Definitely so. On the prayers Lord, always, brother. Lord, thank you so much for our conversation and our dialogue tonight. And I pray, God, that... First of all, you'll get glory out of it, but I pray that all of us will get the benefit. God, I'm not trying to make people believe what I believe. I just want them to know who you are. And, God, I know that between, um, you know, um, you, you know more than I do. Maybe it was just for us to plant a seed tonight. And, God, our whole purpose on here is just to let our little light shine, let our experiences speak for themselves, you know, and that's all there is to it. We're not here to... Um, um, uh, 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 let make folk think we're always right. It's not about that. God. We just we just want our light to shine, God. That's all there is to it. But I do want to thank you for what you've done in all of our lives, and thank you for allowing us to yes. share our reality, not talk about our potential, but to really share our reality, our shortcomings, our hang-ups and hiccups and all these things. Now, God, I ask for you to go and do a work. Whatever needs to be done, if somebody's soul needs to be saved, that's great. They need more information, that's great. Or if it just causes them to pray and talk to you, I know that you'll meet them at the point of their needs. So thank you so much, and I pray that you'll keep your hand on uh, this ministry from the street to the pulpit. I pray that you will elevate it and promote it into what you've ordained for it to be and do it in your timing and in your way. Thank you for Brother Joel. Uh, Brother Quick and his wife, Lord, thank you so much. May you get the glory, and again, may we get the benefit. I thank you so much. It's in Jesus' name that I do pray. Amen and amen. 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 Now, every Sunday and every Wednesday, you can hear Pastor Robinson speak on Zoom. Real quick, Pastor, if you will, give the information so that they can hear you and see you. Yeah, man. Um, uh, on Sundays at uh, ooh, 10 a.m. Sundays at 10 a.m. and tomorrow, uh, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. We have a have a little discussion. It's not church as usual. It's not business as usual. We just try to deal with whatever's dealing with us and try to let folk know who God is. But you can get on Zoom and the meeting ID. If you get on Zoom on your Laptop on your phone, whatever. Um, if you'll punch in six six one nine nine four one nine nine one. That's six six one nine nine four one nine nine one. And then it'll ask you for a password, and you just type in the word Calvary, C A L V A R Y, and um, we'll be on here just talking about some of the same things we're talking about now. So love to see all of you. Love to. I know you're there, but nonetheless, look, just thank y'all for listening tonight, man. We love everybody, and 
I believe y'all love us too. So everybody have a great night. Well, I couldn't say the better myself. That concludes tonight's episode of From the Streets to the Pulpit. I'm your host number one with Miss Quick and Pastor Robinson, our brother Joel. Thank you, everybody. Love God. Seek him first. God is the way that you break your stronghold. He will secure your insecurities. If you don't believe me, I want to double down with you. You've done it for me. He's done it for everybody you've heard tonight, and he can do it for you. Love God. Love one another. Wash your hands. Stay safe. Peace. But I know